Bam, we're live. Okay, let's just dig in. Stop pussyfooting around. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do it. Did Will Smith really slap Chris Rock? <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? When I woke up this morning, I was like, what is going on in this world? They're the just whole- good actors, right? That's just for fun, right? That's like to give us something to... They just got $3 billion worth of free publicity. They're just messing with us. Yeah, it's crazy. But Chris Rock took it pretty well, didn't he? I don't know. I, I can't. Is it real or not? So you think it's real? I think it's pretty real. Yeah, it looked like a very hard slap. <sighs> Have you seen any? I haven't seen any slow mos of it. Have you seen any slow mos of it? Yeah, in slow mos, memes, just so much. <laughs> okay, so it connects. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Because uh, uh, Will Smith's a big boy. Yeah, it's a big dude. Yeah, and, and Chris Rock is uh, is he's got a little Prince in him. You know, you know, you remember? Do you remember Prince, the the singer? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, got yeah. a little Michael Jackson Prince in him, and uh, and Chris got rock, and uh, Will Smith got a little bit of the rock in him. You know what I mean? Just you can you can hear the connection when it when it when it hits that it was a pretty hefty slap. Oh my goodness! Yeah, crazy, crazy morning. And and, and all these people, like I'm seeing that, like we're consoling Will Smith, consoling Will Smith. How about poor Chris Rock? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people been divided down the line if they're on Chris Rock's side or Will Smith's side. Um, yeah, I think it's very divided. I think you're allowed to say whatever you want when you're up there. Yeah, but it's, it's a pretty harsh joke on his wife. It's you, you can see both sides of the story, I guess. But um, what yeah, was you, what was the joke that like she has some hair loss issues and he cracked a joke about her hair loss? Yeah, basically, yeah, she's bold and um, I think she's got alopecia. I think it is. Yeah, and, uh, he made a joke about that. But okay, yeah. let me let me ask you a question: Would you rather have a really tiny penis? Alapucia or live in Kiev right now? Oh I'm gonna go with Alapucia for the win. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm there. I'm pretty much there already. So, I'm <laughs> but no, I think if it was Will Smith, you'd probably wait to the to the break to say something. You probably wouldn't do it live. Yeah, yeah. Or, or how about just wait out by his car afterwards? <laughs> oh, those two poor guys. I really like Will Smith too. I mean, I love him. My favorite actor. He's, he's literally my favorite actor. There's the well that let me cross that off. Who is your favorite actor? That's one of my favorite questions to ask. Um question. I like um I like uh um who's the guy who got accused for um hitting his wife and he's in all the um he's he's in all of the um pirate movies. What's that guy's oh, name? Uh Johnny Depp. Yeah, I like I like anything Johnny Depp does, anything yeah. Denzel Washington does, and anything um Leonardo. No, 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 no. The guy we were just talking about, uh, Will Smith. Will Smith, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Great. I just want to go, yeah. Except for After Earth. That was a terrible film. I didn't see that. And, and what's funny, oh. too, okay, I'll give you another one. I can't watch Pirates of the Caribbean, too. After saying all that, I just, I'm just not a fan. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of those films anyway, but I like pretty much anything Will Smith does apart from After Earth and Wild Wild West. That was a terrible film. I didn't and see that either. That's really old, like 20 years old, but yeah, terrible. Yeah. He was great as the Fresh Prince. How old are you, Zach? 31 oh okay so you're yeah. you're you're very young but you're old as dirt for a crossfitter <laughs> yeah i've been doing crossfit since i was 23 24 so i feel like i'm doing it for a long time now i think you when are... i saw the open it was my eighth year of my open i was like that's, that's gone crazy quick let me see i uh i spent all last night on the assault bike um trolling you Let's see, let's see if I can do this. Usually I have someone who helps me. I don't know where they are today. 
Your first open. Yeah, when was it? Uh, two th- is it say, uh, really enjoyed my first ever CrossFit open. I think it's, two, it says 2017, so 979th in the world for your first attempt. That's crazy. Yeah. But I had no idea what I was doing. I think I, I attempted some of the 15 and 60s, but I didn't submit any of my scores or all my scores. I think uh-huh. 2017 was the first year I, I did the full open and submitted all my scores. You're kind of the opposite of me. I would always sign up, but then submit someone else's scores. So we're, <laughs> we're a little bit different. What else in the videos? Where, um, where, you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to change your name to your Instagram account. Is oh. it, uh, um, at, is, that is it just, just like, just the way it's spelled? Yeah. Z-A-C-K and then George. Um, you're competing hard in YouTube with a, some little kid who trains dogs. Did you know yeah, that? The amount of people who tag me in dog stuff on Instagram is insane. <laughs> he doesn't even spell his name like you. I didn't watch any of his videos. Is he English like you? No, he's American. It's spelled Z-A-K. But the amount of people, oh, look how well my dog's learning to go for the toilet outside. Like, I get so many of it. It's crazy. But he's got a massive following. It's like, because you spell your name right and he spells his name wrong. <laughs> yeah, not many people spell my name right first time. But, yeah, I get a lot of confusion with the others at George in America. Um, maybe it's just me, but it's, it's amazing to me that you're not more popular in the United States. Once I came across you, I was like, holy shit, how did I not see this guy? But I think the CrossFit community is kind of like that. There's all of these amazing, like people just hidden in the nooks and crannies. Like another one of the guys is, um, you know, that guy, uh, they call him the fitness wizard. I don't even know his first name. Do you know who that is? No. The fittest wizard. Someone will put up his name. There's just all of these people out there. It's like, holy cow. Like I was going through your Instagram um, what a great following you have and what a great bunch of sponsors you have. You've really yeah. killed it. People have embraced the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, a combination of um I'm a lot bigger than most CrossFitters. So when I'm on the when I'm on the competition floor, I look like a bodybuilder on the floor. So I think I get a lot of attention due to that reason. Um another reason I think I, I post all my workouts and most of my times on my Instagram. So I always try and help motivate people, get them into fitness. Um, and I think people like that side of me and how I don't hide a lot of the stuff I do. I just post it on social media for people to to try or to see. Um, so I think a combination of those two um, probably helped me along the along the years. Do you know how um, tall you are and how much you weigh in American numbers, in American uh, metrics? Not in America. I'm six foot, whatever okay. that is. It. And then I'm um, 98 kilos now. But then when I'm in the off season, I'll be about 101 um kilos so i think that's two is it 225 pounds yeah 220 okay wow that is big yeah it's it's pretty heavy for crossfit i feel it in some of like the first workout in the quarters the handstand press at one wow that was uh that was tough speaking of handstands that was one of the cool things about your story there's a lot of cool things about your story as i dig into it but one of the uh, cool things is that you took a weakness handstand yeah. push-ups and you turned it into a strength. I think the manager at your gym was saying that in an interview and that, that, that sort of, I mean, that's one of the um, cornerstones of CrossFit, right? Yeah. hundred percent. It cost me the game spot in 2019. So I can't remember my, my finishes in the UK. I think there's roughly like first, second, first, third, and then 168th. So it literally cost me uh, yeah, that, the game spot that time. 
Um, so as soon as I, I did that work, I was like, right, I'm no, I'd never want to be in this position again. Um, and I did them pretty much four times a week for years on end. And they're, they're good now. I think they're good now for my size, but it's still hard to keep up with the smaller dudes on movements like that. So it's not like a massive hole now, but it's still, I still want to get better with them. I still want to be able to compete with the smaller guys um, at, at those sort of movements. Where is home for you, for those of us who are geographically illiterate? <laughs> so uh, England, a uh, little place called Leicester. So bang in the Midlands of England. And, and what that's uh, west of London? Uh, north. North, okay. North. So it's around uh, Birmingham, Nottingham. So it's pretty much bang, bang in the centre. How, how far from there? From How London. From, yeah, from London. Just uh, on the train, 55 minutes, driving two and a half hours. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. so train. Quick. Is, I just is, it considered a, is it considered a suburb? Uh, yeah, parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you, and you're, and you're born there in, in yeah, London. Born and raised in, no, no, no. I, was I mean, sorry, in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your parents, are they born and raised in England? Uh, my mum was. Uh, my dad's from Guyana in South America. Uh, he moved over to here when he was 11. And, and what brought him there? How did he get there? So, crazy story, really. Um, his mum moved over to England just for a better life, um, but she couldn't afford to bring any of her kids over. So I got my dad, his two brothers, and his sister. So she moved over to England, worked for a year, then built up enough money to bring her daughter over, and then did it year by year to eventually bring all the kids over. Wow, that's similar to my uh that's similar to my family story. My dad yeah. my dad came over and then one by one brought over his his eight seven or eight brothers and sisters and then his parents and yeah, bring them over one by one. Yeah, it's crazy. And um yeah, so my dad grew up here. It would have been a tough time because racism was quite a, a big thing back then. So yeah, he, he had a lot of stuff to deal with. Um but it, What year it, what year was that? When he moved over, oh, yeah. uh, I don't know off the top of my head. So he's 66 now. He moved over when he was 11. Okay. Quicks so your maths. Um, there's a great movie. I, I, I want – it's not Vidal Sassoon. It's, maybe it is Vidal Sassoon. It's one of the big, big haircut shampoo guys. And basically he um, – and he lived in London and his whole – it's, it's fascinating from an art perspective because he changed the way people cut hair. I guess when he started cutting hair, they would cut women's hair, and then you would have to leave the hair like that for, like, weeks, right? But he yeah. figured out, hey, let's cut women's hair like men's hair, basically, and just make it so they can wash it and just comb it and, and do it themselves every single day instead of have it, to have it styled. But basically, he in, when he was in London, he would cut hair by day and then hunt Nazis by night. It was, it was, a, it was a fascinating movie. What made me think about that is, is that you talked about the racism. It's funny. When, yeah. I, think of, when I think of the uk i never think of i don't know for some reason that never pops in my head i just think of beer or, or of beer or, or pubs yeah when i think of the uk oh, i just think of pubs yeah yeah yeah, yeah the english love a pub um, it's not been a big thing of mine but um but yeah he had, he had a, a quite a tough upbringing should i say but yeah and, and, and then what's he do for a living what's your dad do for a living so my dad um <clears throat> so he came over uh, he just went, obviously went to school left school when he was 16 17 and then he went into clothing manufacturing. Um, yeah, had nothing. And then, yeah, built up a really successful business with my mum. And then did that and retired when he was 40. Oh, wow. So your dad's an entrepreneur? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty amazing considering they literally had nothing when, when they moved over. 
Hard worker. Doesn't know how to yeah. stop. Yeah, very hard work. And him and my mum, they were they've been together since they were thirteen. Um, and I think they kept their relationship hidden for about ten years because of the the racial tension. Because your dad is your dad black. your dad's black and your mom's yeah. white. But yes, yeah, so that's no good. That's no good. You can't do that. Yeah, 30, my mom's 50, parents, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah, my mom's parents weren't keen on it. My dad's parents weren't keen on it. So, um, yeah, they, they kept their relationship hidden for quite a long time. Hey, did they did they ever come around? Did your grandparents ever come around? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Shit, all right, fine. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, it was, it was a very nice, happy ending. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know, it's like that with the um, any, any of the purebloods. You know, the Jews don't want their kids marrying outside of the Jews. The Armenians don't want them their kids marrying outside, you know, um, probably you know maybe for different reasons maybe if you're white or if you're black you don't want it because of the of the skin color but within like being jewish or being armenian you know those families they they want you to marry within your and i'm i'm generalizing they want you to marry within your ethnicity pretty strongly too but then eventually you get old enough and they like they don't care so like my yeah. wife's mom she wanted her to marry a jew but then after like you get so old they're like all right just marry anyone yeah that short armenian guy he'll do yeah yeah get him um and now now do your parent do your parents are, are you married? No, not married. No, I live with my girlfriend. Um, it's still in Leicester. And then my, my parents still live where they live. Were you married? No, never been married. No. Oh, I thought I thought I saw on your Instagram you called. So you referred to someone as your wifey. Oh, yeah. That's just like a, an English term. Oh, OK. Or like, yeah. So you guys are like Americans. You use words that really don't mean what you're saying. Good. I'm <laughs> yeah. glad that I'm glad that happens over there, too. <laughs> we have a lot of a lot of that going on here. And um, w- when you saw your parents, did you see your parents um, struggle? Did you see your mom and dad like up late at night working hard? And did you see? Yeah, that? My, yeah. My dad was never wasn't home too much. He was, he was working a lot. He was always traveling to around Europe for different things. Um, so yeah, I, d- I definitely saw my dad working a lot of the time. Um, my mum worked with him to a certain point, but then she became um, a stay at home mum, and she just looked after me and my sister. Um, so I think that's one of the main reasons my dad retired so early is because he was just working so much. He was like, what's the point in working so much if you can't enjoy it with your family, enjoy what you've earned? Um, so, yeah, he just decided he wanted to retire and have a bit more family, a bit more quality of life rather than just working every single day. Did you feel did you feel for him when you would see him work? Like if you as a kid, you remember being like, man, my dad's grinding. Um, no, no, because I don't really, I don't think you, you understand that as a kid. I don't think you just, you just think your dad's going to work and that's what every dad does. You don't really see any other people's dads or how often they work. So for me, it was just, just normal that my dad would be working a lot and my mum would be at home. Um, it's not till you grow up and you appreciate how hard he worked and what he did for the family and yeah, the sacrifice he made. But, um, yeah, I think you, you learn and you realize that as you get older. When he retires, when he's forty, does he does he start another business? Does an entrepreneur not be able to stay still? Like, does he? Uh, yeah, he had a few properties and things like that, but um, he literally just wanted to. From having so many years of working constantly, I think he literally just wanted to enjoy it and have have some quality family time for a couple of years. And he did that for ten, fifteen years, um, and now he's finally got himself back into a few more things because he he was just getting too bored. But yeah, I think he enjoyed retirement for quite a long time. And your and your parents are both very attractive. You got yeah, on there. Yeah. And it could have gone bad for you because you have a pretty mom and a pretty dad. And <laughs> if if they had had an ugly kid, it would have been all just messed up. Yeah, yeah. She looks she looks really good for age. She's sixty six, so yeah, she looks very good. 
And I, I saw some other picture of her, and she used to look kind of punk rock, and now she looks she looks more proper. Like when your dad yeah. first started dating her, she looked like she had a little Cindy Lauper in her. Yeah, there. She, yeah, because they were both into fashion. She was kind of she's like just dressed in crazy style. So um, yeah, she's definitely someone that you'd walk down the street when she's younger, but like she'd be dressed pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so I think that was part of the job. And do you have a sibling? You have a sister? Yeah, my sister. She is seven years older than me. So when my mum was younger, um, she wanted a really big family. She always wanted like five to ten kids. Wow. Uh, yeah, she wanted a huge family. Uh, she had my sister and then she had seven miscarriages and then then me. Um, so why yeah. did she have, do you what was there an explanation for the seven miscarriages? No, I don't I don't know if there is a um an explanation for it. Um or if there was, uh, obviously I didn't know. I never really kind of asked her, I don't think. But um yeah, seven miscarriages in between and then finally had me. Man. Yeah, um, it took a big my- toll. My wife had a miscarriage, then we had the first baby, then we had, then she had another miscarriage, and that second one, like, like really screwed her up. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, uh, and she bled a lot, like physically, it really, like I hear about people talk, I always thought that if, if you, my wife had a miscarriage, it would be emotionally really tough on her, but this, I mean, of course it was emotionally tough on her, but not compared to the physical, but seven is nuts. Yeah, and seven in a row as well. Yeah. And I was speaking to my mum actually a couple of weeks ago about it. And um, yeah, and she never really said this, but the last one really kind of messed her up mentally. And um, yeah, she went a bit off the, off the not off the rails, but mentally she really struggled for about a good couple of months after that. Um, just didn't want to get out of the house. was just staying in bed all day. Um, yeah, my wife's skin color changed. She turned yellow. and did, I mean, it took her five months to be normal again. Yeah, it takes the body. She lost so much blood get back into to sink and all the hormones to level out and things like that. Um, Excuse me. Yeah. Did she almost ever die from any of those? Did you ever hear any stories where she was bleeding out or she had to be rushed to the hospital or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I think two of them were quite, were quite bad. There's a lot of blood loss um, and they're all at different stages. So obviously the further you get down the pregnancy, the, the, the harder it is. Um, I think she had to give a stillbirth on one of them as well. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a nice um, stretch of years that was. Um, but I think that's one of the reasons me and my mum are so close now is because when she finally had me, it was like a miracle that she could have another kid. Yeah. Do you still sleep in the bed with your, how do you still sleep in the bed with your parents? <laughs> no, I just got out a couple of weeks ago. Good. It's a big, big, big I, moment. I'm kind of joking, but this morning as I'm getting up to do the podcast, I look over in my bed and my wife's using my seven year old son as a pillow. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> this kid's damaged. This, this kid is going to be so damaged. Um, and, and did you feel that as a child just incredible just like yeah. attachment from your mom 100 percent, yeah massively um and you must have loved that did you love that yeah it was great and yeah i wouldn't, wouldn't change it for the world it's definitely what contributed to me being a very overweight kid as well so i had his good points and his bad points um because my mum would if i wanted so i used to eat horrendously when i was a kid uh super overweight uh, i used to have like bags of haribo every single day mcdonald's three or four times a week kfc twice a week but my mum would never say no um just because i think she, she just loved me so much that she didn't realize just saying yes to anything that i wanted is not going to be great for me um as yeah, you can see in that picture I can't remember how old I was there, but I was complete opposite of the person I am now. Extremely lazy, loved junk food, didn't want to do any exercise, um, just wanted to eat eat junk food all day. And were, um, you, were you raised to avoid discomfort? 
What What do you mean? Like my, like I just feel like I was raised to avoid discomfort. Like my mom would say, "Oh, that doesn't feel good," or "That's too hard," or I just feel like that there were things like, and I grew up hating sweating. I hated sweating. Really? Like, like even as a teenager, I hated sweating. Did you? Did you avoid? Did you, did you play sports? Did you avoid, like I avoided that stuff. If uh, like we would do the presidential fitness exam and you'd have to run a mile, which was four laps. And I'd let all the kids lap me. So I only had to run three and then I'd come in. <laughs> like, did you do so, stuff like that? I used, uh, it's, it's strange because I love sport. I was always been an extremely sporty kid. Um, I was good at rugby, good at okay. several different sports, but I loved playing the sport. But if you asked me to go for a walk or run outside of a sport environment, I'd be the laziest kid ever. Um, Swimming's the only thing that I really avoided because I was too embarrassed of how I looked. So I always kind of missed um, swimming lessons, always missed swimming. Um, what do you mean? You just put on a white T-shirt so that way when you jump in the water, it sticks to no, your body then, and everyone really knows how fat you are. Then people know. You you stand out even more because <laughs> you're wearing a T-shirt and no one else is wearing one. I was that jackass. <laughs> so, yeah, you just stand out even more. So I always used to fake I was ill or something like that um to try and get our swimming lessons so yeah within a sporting environment i was i was really enjoyed it but outside that i was uh yeah a very lazy kid hey look at this picture of you here how old are you in that red and green shirt so that was at stony gate so i think that must have been about year eight so probably would have been about 11 or 12 maybe hey is that kid st- is that kid standing up next to you <laughs> yeah so no he's sitting on the bench in front okay good <laughs> absolute giant um you're you're lucky you didn't damage your body you know what i mean by that you're lucky you didn't um there's a lot of people out there now who've gotten so obese that when they lose the weight their shit's all fucked up they're like you know like when a car gets totaled yeah yeah. like in the frame bends and they're like you could still drive it sometimes but like your car will never be the same like you could you're you look like you're pretty close to doing that to yourself yeah, especially if I'd have stayed in the habits I was doing back then up to the age of like 18, 19, that would have been, yeah, bad news. Um, and I think my dad my dad recognised that and he was the one that said that pretty much you need to lose some weight um, because if you carry on the path you're going, you're not going to be you're not going to be very happy as you grow up. And my mum being my mum, she was like, no, he doesn't need to change, he's perfect how he is. But my dad was like the realist and he was like, look, come on, we need, we need to sort this out now because it's getting a bit out of control. Um, did that put tension between your mom and your dad? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they had several arguments about it when I was younger. Uh, my mum's saying he doesn't need to change. I think my dad's saying he does. He's getting too, he's getting too big. Um, and the, the thing that really sparked it was he basically said, I'll buy you a PlayStation 2 if you lose some weight. So he bribed me into uh, shifting the pounds. It's interesting you say that. Man, that incentive thing. So I have this thing with my kids that um, – my kid wanted, he saw a hundred dollar bill and he goes, I want a hundred dollar bill. I go easy. Just do a hundred workouts. Every time you do a workout, just mark, mark it on the, uh, on the board in the garage and you get a hundred dollar bill. You know, you, you incentivize yeah. it. Yeah. Um, when a kid gets, when a kid gets fat. Yeah. It's interesting. Did, um, did anyone ever call you fat in your family? Like any of your your sister, like be like, no. hey, fat boy or any of that shit? No, definitely not. No, not in my family. Um, at school, yeah, people would would call me um, names a few times, but I was always very, I always got on with everyone at school. Um, so I think that, that massively helped. I didn't really get bullied or anything like that. I think it's the big, Go ahead. The biggest um, 
sort of thing in that department was when I used to play different schools at rugby. So you play in a school that no one knows you. That's when you get a lot of people calling you fat and calling you all different names um, because they don't know who you are. They don't know your personality. They don't know how that affects you. Um, so, yeah, when you, when you play different teams at school, that's when you probably get the most people calling you names. But I never really had it too bad um, in my own school or in my own family or anything like that. Um, this picture down here uh, with your arm around this dude with the red shirt. Um, how old are you there? So that was uh, in Mexico. So I reckon I was about 16, 17. So that's just probably after two years after I really started to get in shape and really look after my nutrition, started training um, three or four times a week. And I think that was the transition from me going from the overweight kid to becoming the sporty kid and the guy who was into his fitness the most in the school. Um, yeah, and you can see I probably got into it a little bit too much. Um, I, I don't know. You look great. You look like you look like just some dude who just kicks in on the beach and hits on girls. I like that lifestyle. <laughs> um, how did you? So you were you were eleven years old or twelve years old when your yeah, dad said something? Eleven, twelve, yeah, yeah. And he said, um, right, we'll we'll make a deal because I really wanted the PlayStation Two at the time. It was like I'll buy you a PlayStation Two if you lose some weight over the course of the month. Um, if you do it, then at that month, we'll go get a PlayStation 2. You can buy a game and then you've achieved it. So I remember. How much did you weigh then? Do you know when he told you no, that? No, never. People always ask me. I can never remember how much it was. I can't remember how much I lost in that time. Um, but I do. But remember- you're big. You're big. You're a big kid. You think you were 200 yeah. pounds? You think you were 200 pounds? No, 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 no. No. I don't, I don't think so. Um, but uh, yeah, so he basically said, right, we'll measure you now. We'll weigh you now in a month's time. Um, we'll do it again and he left it up to me as well which is my dad's always good at that he didn't just say right now you're going to be eating this you can be in this you're going to train this times a week he said look this is your if you want to do this you figure out how to do it um and i'll reward you at the end so i just basically said to myself right if i'm having six mcdonald's a week if i have two a week i'm pretty much going to lose some weight so i just cut back on the junk food um didn't do any other exercise just literally cut back the junk food probably by 50 percent. and then after the first month i remember i was really nervous um we had the tape measure out i lost a couple of inches of my stomach lost some weight and my dad was like right amazing you've done it you did it on your own let's go buy your playstation 2 um i never remember going to toys r us just this absolute like mansion of toys everywhere got to choose the uh, console got to choose my game dude toys r us was dope yeah it was literally the best like toy store when you were a kid it was just like yes, heaven. yes. um and uh, yeah it felt great felt great to have achieved something it was the first time where i'd like set a goal work towards it for a period of time and then achieve that goal and it was a really good feeling and i really enjoyed it um and then it wasn't till probably Three or four years later, we went to um, an Anthony Robinson seminar. So I don't know if you... It, well, is that Tony Robbins? Yeah, yeah. Who's we? Sorry? Who's we? You said we went to a Tony Robbins, uh, Anthony so, Robbins? Uh, mom, all my family, mom, dad, and then my sister, me and my sister. No shit. Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, I was about, about 15 there. And uh-huh. um, I remember at the time that I really didn't want to go. I didn't know what it was about. My yeah, sister, fuck that guy. You're 15 years old. You should be at the beach partying. You want to go see yeah, Anthony wanted, Robbins? Talk to me. <laughs> I just wanted to have a weekend with my mates, and but yeah, my yeah. dad's like throw rocks at cars and shit. Yeah, I wanted to go to this weekend. I think it's gonna be really good for the family. I was like, okay, yeah, fine, whatever. So we went there, and it was literally the biggest 
life-changing experience probably of my youth. So he and, just blew you away. He's amazing. He said some uh, shit that altered your course. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was all about kind of motivation, nutrition, like wanting more from yourself. Um, yeah, it was just absolutely amazing. We learned so much from the weekend. And after that weekend, it was the first time where I wanted to get in shape and kind of live the best life I can for myself. I didn't really need anyone else to give me an external reward. I didn't need my dad to say, look, if you carry on this, I'll reward you with this. Um, I literally just wanted to do it for myself. And we all came away as a family really wanted to learn about nutrition and and it's really kind of kicked us in a really good direction and uh ever since then i like fell in love with fitness and yeah never looked back really was was your was your sister jealous of your yours and your mom's relationship no no we're all a really close family um super close so i'm really close to my sister really close to my dad um so not she all. probably treasured you too because she saw your mom go through all that shit yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and she, I really close my sister, and I remember loads of times like we'd be at home and would paint, like would draw a fake six pack on my stomach, and just all sorts of random stuff like that. But yeah, she, she's definitely not a jealous person at all. It's um, it it it's hard for a dad um to see uh. I mean, I mean, I guess I, I guess I can only speak for myself, but it's sometimes it's hard for me to see my wife. I don't want to say baby. She doesn't baby them. Let's say over nurture them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good over nurture them. It's it's hard. And and I guess your dad just showed a lot of restraint, right? Yeah. He could definitely, he could definitely yeah, say that say my mom was over nurtured. I mean, he could see that. And if he didn't step in, then I don't know where I'd be today. So it was a very important role that he did, but sometimes stepping in can be quite tough. And like I said, it would have caused a few arguments uh, between mom and my dad, but, both of them would, would never change anything and it needed to happen. I don't know if I'm old, but your parents got hotter as they got older. Maybe that's just cause I'm old and like my whole, like my perspective has changed. Yeah. They've, uh, yeah, they've aged, aged very well. I mean, you must be proud of them. Yeah. Hugely proud. Yeah. Like they're always, people always ask me, who's your biggest inspiration? I always say my parents just for what they've been through, how hard they've worked, um, what they've achieved. They're great parents, really good, business people um yeah they, they've set so many examples for me that i've kind of lived my life by so yeah they're definitely my uh, role models i um i always uh, tell people the greatest gift your parents can give you is to be um financially stable when they're older because it would be so stressful if your parents were just like if you had to worry about your own life and your parents life it would be so yeah. stressful yeah, they, they've done, they've done a, a really good job, and they're they're amazing parents. And um, yeah, very fortunate to have such great parents. There was one picture here that I oh yeah, I like this one. I, I know that I'm sure this that's not what's going on, but when I think of your story, I think of this picture. I picture I, I picture I, when I saw this, I was picturing myself as your dad. Yeah, I, I'm sure your mom's like hugging you, but what it looks like is your dad's coming at you, and your mom's holding you back, like you and your dad are about to get into a fight. You know what I mean? Like, do you see that? I mean, I know that's not what's happening. No, the, yeah, no, I've never, ever looked at that picture and thought of that ever. But, but, but I feel, but when I saw this picture, I was like, yeah, sometimes this is how it feels with my boys. Like I need to come at them and give them some tough love. And, and you know what I mean? Shake them up a little bit. My wife's like, nah, nah, go easy on them. And I'm like, nah, nah, not go easy on them. No, this, that, that picture is, um, at regionals 2018 so that just is some of my parents up that's my mum running up to me probably crying her eyes out giving me a massive hug look and you then, can't even put your arms down you're so just like 
Look how swollen you look. You can just see your forearms and be like, look at the pump you have. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I get a massive, massively pumped when I train. Um, and then my dad just kind of walking over casually and just give me like a, a nod of approval. That He's not pressure. giving you a nod of approval. He's like, hey, everyone, that's my boy. Look at my yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. He's so fucking just proud very, of you, dude. Very proud nod. And then my mom's, oh. yeah, mom's losing her shit and she's going mental and crying and hugging me. Um, so you... You well, I'll come. I'm, I'm going to come back to to um, to losing the weight and cutting back on the McDonald's and find out what the next step was. To um, so, how did you do this year in the quarterfinals? Yeah, I, did, I, did, I think I did all right. Um, I was 35th, um, considering the first two workouts were were not amazing for me. Um, so it was the handstand press at one. I knew that would be tough. Um, like I said, I've worked a lot on them over the years, but I'm still kind of 98 kilos so I'm always going to find those workouts pretty tricky um the second one pistols always a, a very bad move for me I've got um a bad ankle that always gives me a lot of jit when I do um pistol work um and when I was injured last year with my hip pistols another thing that really aggravates my hip but yeah got through them um I knew the workouts would progress and get better for me as I go through them and then the last three were a lot stronger finishes for me. So um, this quarterfinal stage, for me, it doesn't matter where you qualify. you just got to get that top 60. And then it really, really matters at the semifinals. So happy with my performance. Um, body's feeling good. I'm ready to, uh, yeah, ready to attack it for the semis now. Is the goal still to go to the games? 100%. Yeah, it, that's always been the goal. Have you, you've been doing this so long now. Do you ever compare yourself to other years? Like, oh, I'm not giving it as much this year or I'm giving, I'm giving it more this year. Uh, not really. Cause I think my, my chances in my head, my chances of really like qualifying for the games started from 2019. So for me, the years before that was all of like a learning curve. I was developing as an athlete. I didn't, I knew that I wanted to get to games eventually, but I knew I wasn't ready at that time. Um, so it wasn't like I was going through all those early years being disappointed because I'm not making the games or not getting as far as I wanted to. Um, and then when I made regionals 2018, after that, I was like, right, the next year, I believe I'm good enough to be to be a games athlete now. Um, obviously, narrowly missing out in 2019 because the handstand press was frustrating. Um, 2020 qualified, which is obviously amazing, but then COVID hit, so wasn't able to go. And then injury last year. Um, that last year was probably the most frustrating out of them three years because 2019 was just I hadn't worked on handsome press ups so that was that was on me and I uh, put my hands up and I've worked a lot on them since so that was my fault in my my programming 2020 obviously completely out of my control had nothing couldn't change that and then 2021 I felt good. Um, I really was extremely motivated. I think a lot of the fire was in me because I missed out the year before. And then to have it just kind of taken away because of an injury that I've kind of just been neglecting, that was kind of the hardest year for me, I think. What um, was the injury? Uh, so yep. it, it was called uh, IT band syndrome, apparently. So it's basically inflammation of your IT band. Okay. Um, I, just, I don't have one of those. I don't only athletes have those. <laughs> I guess, so basically I couldn't I couldn't squat for about two two and a half months um couldn't do like running couldn't do any sort of heavy pulling from the floor um and I could feel it I could feel something building up over the months leading up to the 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 open um but because I was so determined and so annoyed from the year before I just kind of ignored it because I was like right full steam ahead nothing's going to stop me I'm making it this year yeah yeah um, and then the lift on the open, it was the the clean, um, hand clean, 
front squat jerk or something like that, was it? I can't remember the exact workout. Um, but it was the part A, part B. It started with the front squats, gymnastic movement, then the thrusters. And then it went front squats again, a different gymnastic movements, thrusters. And you finished that workout at a certain time. And then you had um, remaining time to find a heavy lift of the complex. And I went in for the hand clean and just felt a massive sharp shoe pain from my hip down to my knee. And I was like, that that didn't feel good at all. Um, I was just hoping I'd be able to just brush it off and kind of come back in a couple of days. But after about two days after that, it still wasn't settling down. I, I couldn't kind of get up the stairs properly. Um, went Where the is the pain? Is it on your knee? So on that picture, so it's literally when it, when it happened, it was from the hip all the way down to the knee. That whole IT band was like a massive sharp shooting pain all the way down the leg. And it is that was, why I see people rolling on that? When I see people using rollers on their side, that's what they're rolling out, that giant? Yeah, IT thing. band, which there's a kind okay. of, yeah, some physios say you shouldn't roll it out. Some say you do um, because it's a tendon. Apparently, you're not supposed to to roll it too too much. But um, but I, I was rolling it after I did it because it was just so painful. Um, and then my physio yeah, basically said, that, sorry, Zach, but you're going to be, you're not going to be able to squat for two months doing this. And I was like, yeah, thanks, mate, but I need to be ready for quarterfinals. So I need right. to kind of ignore that. I need to get ready. Right. Um, so he was like, right, okay, let's do everything we can. And then let's see what the workouts come out and see how we handle it. Um, so I was hoping in those three weeks that the quarterfinals weren't going to be very leggy. And then they came out and it was like four at match front squat. There was that 180 pistols. There was 120 war balls. And I was like, wow, I, just, I don't think I'm going to get through this. Um, we warmed up. We tried to do the front squat one first. And I think I got to 70 kilos and I just I couldn't squat anymore. This and then, was in 2021? Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, we had to make the call that I was going to have to pull out because I don't think 70 kilos for a match front squat is going to get me very far. Hey, um, there's a question here I want to ask. Is, is this, a, is this, does this question even make sense? What, what kind of British accent is that? Are there different kinds? Uh, yeah, it'd be Leicester, so just the Midlands. So it's not like a Geordie accent from the north. Um, yeah, so it's it, just a Midlands. Wow. wow. I had no I had no idea. I guess I did know. I, I, I guess I've been around English people and they can tell where you're from in different parts. Oh, yeah. We, we could tell there's, there's lots of different accents in, in UK. Is there one that's called like Cockney? Cockney, yeah. So that's down south. So yeah. that's where my girlfriend's from. So like London way. I just like it because you get to say the word cock when you say it. Cockney. <laughs> It's one of my favorite words. They use like apple and pears stairs. App, explain that to me. Say that again. Apple so, and pears. I'm going up the apple and pears. Oh, that's what it sounds like when they say I'm going up the stairs? Yeah, it's Cockney rhyme. So things like uh, dog and bone is phone. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, how do you have time for a girlfriend? Uh, I actually have a lot of time, to be fair, considering like you're a full-time athlete, so... You train for three or four hours a day, and then the rest of the day you you're recovering, and you, you've got some lots of spare time. So it's not like a I've got a nine to five job, and then I go to the gym. So you don't have really much time. Um, so yeah, plenty of time in the day. Is 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 how how do your mom and your girlfriends get along? Being that you had this mom who was you were her her everything. Um, is it weird? Is it weird having a girlfriend? Does she, does, she, does she scrutinize them and put them under the magnifying glass? She probably does, but she I don't think she tells me. And then after a couple of, so maybe a year or so of, of, of dating Sam, she was like, Zach, I really like Sam. And then I know I've got the approval then. Right. So she, 
she doesn't tell me she's she's kind of monitoring and sussing them out, but she definitely is. And my sister too. So it's not that's awesome. So basically she just wants what's best for you. She sees that you're happy. She wants you to be happy. It's not yeah. that she's she's trying to get you from her or your time. She just wants to see her son happy. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what I think. That's what any parent wants is to see their their children to be happy and and successful in what they do. Um, so yeah, you you, you know what's uh, crazy about um, parenting is I, I just thought of this as we were talking that out when you when you go to Disneyland as a kid, you want to ride the rides, and that's how you um, get enjoyment. Yeah, but. There's nothing more enjoyable than watching your kids ride the rides. If you can yeah, get to that spot, it's bizarre. You can't even kind of explain it. Yeah, Say it again. Yeah, I've got a niece. So my sister's, well, I've got two nieces. Um, my oldest niece is about six now. And I can describe that with, with Christmas. So Christmas when you're a kid, it's the best thing ever. You're like you open all your presents and amazing. Yeah. And then like between the ages of like, I don't know, 20, 20 to where I am now, Christmas becomes just another day like for me it's more about yeah. family now and spending i couldn't care what presents i get it's about seeing my family seeing my cousins all the people i don't see throughout the year but now i've had my nieces for the last couple of years it's about literally at christmas i can't wait to just buy them so much presents and watch and, them open it yeah exactly yeah so so yeah when i have kids i know it's definitely going to be about them and watching them enjoy christmas so yes yeah, so I, de- I definitely see where you're coming from with that uh magnus uh, 20 burpees for that bullshit 20 burpees. <laughs> What's bigger? Sevon's legs. That's an easy icon. question. That would no, be quiet. You guys quiet. No talking, no talking to the guests, no communicating. with. You. <laughs> uh, I wonder if all adults make that transition. Do you think there's some adults who never make that? Like it's be... still about them. You're 40 years old and it's still life's still about you. Uh, uh, probably. Yeah. I'm guessing there's some people out there still like that, but um, I find it hard. How once you've had kids, I know that's definitely going to change something in me and it's, my my existence going to be about making sure they're safe and making sure they get through life well it's funny as soon as i said that i, I thought of someone who's in their 60s who's still like that <laughs> and, and they're miserable they're, they're not happy there's no happiness with that route no yeah, yeah you have yeah. to make yourself smaller and smaller as you get older and older until like, yeah, you just dis- disappear and that's yeah. where all the happiness is yeah which, which which is pretty crazy coming from someone who has to work so hard on themselves right yeah Me like you being being a being an athlete you you definitely got to be selfish um you've got to say no to a lot of things you've got to make sure you're in your prime position to perform as well as you can and yeah that you've got to be selfish um but for me i know that this is a period of my life right now and it's not always going to be my life in 10 15 years time so i want to give it everything i've got now because i know when when i eventually have kids and they're older i want to be able to just i want to be able to say like i've achieved what i wanted to achieve and now I can sit back and just kind of nurture them and, and nurture them through life. Um, and I think it's important you go through that. I think the, the parents that might be more inclined or more, might kind of spend more time themselves haven't really achieved what they want to achieve early in their life. I think if you're extremely happy and content of where you are and you've achieved what you want to achieve, you can easily transition over to bringing up kids and just giving your full attention towards them. Yeah, and that's yeah. When your dad approached you with um, telling you you're too big, could that have backfired? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. But I think deep down, I knew I wasn't happy the way I looked. Uh-huh. So it was more of a 
I think it was more relief that someone said something because then that was going to lead to a change. Whereas I think if he wouldn't have said anything, I definitely wouldn't have said anything. My mum wouldn't have said anything. So he was the only person who was who was going to say something. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad he did. But I, it definitely could have Did you cry? Did you cry? Uh, I can't remember the exact time he said it. Um, I probably would have done because um, it's the realisation that you are not happy with how you look. It needs to change. It's a daunting thing to do when you're a kid as well. You're only 11, so you're not, you're not figuring everything out. You don't really know what your emotions feel like. I probably didn't know I was unhappy with the way I looked, um, but there were certain situations. I always remember this one story where I was sitting downstairs with the family. I had my top off. I was happy with my top off around my family. And um, my, my dad's friends came over. I could see them coming down the drive. So I quickly ran upstairs to get a top and my dad pretty, pretty much brought me down and said, look, never be ashamed of how you look. You look fine the way you look. Um, keep your top off and they're just going to come into the room. And I remember me like in hysterics crying, thinking I can't let them see with my top off. And that was a very kind of distinct moment in my memory that I've always remembered. Um, and that's me being extremely unhappy with, with how I looked, probably without realising how unhappy I was. Um yeah i was in malawi in this in this crazy uh village and and i was hanging out there for a few days and there was this kid that i had made friends with i think they might have the largest fresh freshwater lake in africa there right and I think I was on that lake and the village was on that lake. So as far as villages go, it was pretty prosperous. Yeah. But, 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 um, but none of the homes there had electricity except for one with the vill- where the village elder lived. And I, and um, I remember I ended up buying this kid a bike in the village and it made him middle class because he turned his bike into a taxi. So then you would people, you would sit on that back rack and he would, and he would pedal dudes around. And when I yeah. bought him the bike, um, he peddled me around for like three days and showed me all over. It was awesome. Yeah. But those dudes always had their shirts off and they had the nicest bodies I had ever seen. All the dudes in that, in that village and, yeah. and they were all fishermen. They pulled nets. So you could only imagine their biceps in their back, right? Their back. They, they, they pulled nets in the lake all fucking day. It was crazy. Their bodies. And I was talking to one of the kids one time. And, or to one of the adults there one time, he was talking about how he would wanted to move to the United States. And I started thinking, man, in the United States, people will buy a house and take a 30-year loan, work every day from when they're 30 to when they're 60 to pay off that house, and then they own that house, and then their life's over. Or it could be over, especially if they didn't take care of themselves. And it's like the dream. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but really – and, and and I don't I don't mean to not be thankful for all the stuff that I have, but really the dream if you're a man is is to do what Rich Froning does. Just never put on your shirt. <laughs> Just to never fucking put on your shirt. It really yeah. is. It, it is it is it, it, it now at forty at fifty years old, I'm like, that is the like what there's nothing I mean, isn't that great? Just never having to put on your shirt. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing how life comes around. When I was a kid, I, I never wanted to be seen with my top on, top off ever. Uh-huh. Pretty much eight percent of my day, my tops off. Yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah. It's it's like a chore to put on your shirt. It's like there's nothing better than to break your first sweat and take your clothes off and work out, right? Yeah, it's a great feeling. Or like if you go to like a commercial gym just for a change and you have to train with your top on. Yeah. This feels so weird. Have you been kicked out of a gym with your shirt off? No, I, w- I wouldn't take my top off in a in a, a gym outside a CrossFit box. Um, I don't even take my shirt off when I'm at home. I, I still, I'm, I'm like you. Imagine how you are as an 11 year old boy. Like I'll be, I have to be so, I have to be hurt. You know what I mean? I have to be 40 minutes into a workout that I wish I would have never started before I take my shirt off. I have to like yeah. not be me. There's always people in the gym where you know they're either extremely hot or they're in a very deep hole if they've got their top off. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'd be that guy. No <laughs> yeah, you're just like. <laughs> you're trying to lighten the squat even by one wet shirt <laughs> make those handstand presses a bit lighter yeah um the years that you are, are you happy even the years you don't go to the games are you hard on yourself uh i'm i'm, I'm a super laid-back guy and i think i overcome setbacks quite well so like 2019 i was i was super bummed out for for a couple of days after that. And I remember that was week three. Um, and I still had two weeks left. And I remember thinking, right, and my games are my games are gone for this year. There's no way I can recover from coming 168th. But I very quickly said, right, I want to do so well in these last two events that people know it was only that one event that cost me the, the game spot. Um, and I, think I came back and I got a first and a second. So I very quickly had a sulk for a couple of days, but then turned it round and wanted to to make a big finish to that Open. Um, same with 2020, when I found out that was a very long process of of not knowing if I was going to the Games or not. I was national champ for the UK, but then also top 30 in the world. So I kind of qualified both ways. So at the start, I was thinking, right, national champs aren't going, but I'm still top 30 in, in the Open. So hopefully I still get to go through that way. Um, and then it went from 30 to only the top 20 going through to the the online oh, stage. So I was like, sucks. I was five spots out. So um, again, I was, I remember very, very clearly, I was having a dinner with, with Sam and we specifically said, right, no phones tonight. Let's just enjoy each other's company. Yeah. And um, my phone was going mental, just like absolutely ping, 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 ping. And I was like, babe, I need to have a look at this. I don't know what's going on. And it was people um, finding out that I wasn't going to the games because they were only taking the top 20. And you were on suicide watch? <laughs> they were like, I, are you okay, Zach? Are you okay? I wasn't I wasn't as bad as the people around me. The people around me, yeah. they were fuming. And I was like, well, it's out of my control. If I get RC and upset about it, then that's not going to change the situation. It is what it is. They've made their choice. Um, that's it. But yeah, I remember people around me were going mental. Like, there must be something we can do. Like, blah blah. blah. Um, and again, after a couple of days of just letting it all digest, I was like, right, I've probably got three months of the year back where I would just be purely focusing on training for the games. So let's let's go crush some things. Let's. I wrote a, a book um, about my journey and um, about goal setting things like that. Um, we did a lot of work for sponsors. So I just try and turn any setback into a positive and um, try and turn it around and not just dwell on what's happened because that's not going to change anything. That's not going to change the situation. Um, so, yeah, just try and put it behind me and, and look forward and and set new goals for that year. And then at the end of 2020, I could look back and say, look, we've achieved X, Y, and Z. 
all because I didn't go to the games. Um, and it makes it not makes it less painful that I didn't get to compete. Yeah. Is is your gym successful? Yeah. Yeah, we have a great community. Um, that's one of the best things about about a CrossFit box and what separates CrossFit mm-hmm. itself from any other types of fitness in my eyes is the community that the box brings. Um, like the quarterfinals, when I've got all the people around me, I have like a guy called Ben who basically takes every bit of stress out of my... Is that the blonde dude I see in the videos? He's your friend and manager of the gym or no? Uh, so no, not my manager, no, James. We've got um, Dan Wagner. Who you probably see a lot in the videos. Um, he's my training partner. Um, my business partner is Harmeet. And then Ben is a blonde dude, blonde hair. Um, and he basically looks after all my like filming, making sure all the standards are being met, making sure the layout's proper right. He'll read okay. all the information given by CrossFit to make sure we hit every standard going. Ah, you need one of those guys. Whoo, the pressure on him. Yeah, 100%. Ooh. <laughs> there's, and, there's, there's just so many kind of things that CrossFit put out there that can easily like trip you up or like, so like the um, the handstand presser one, you're not allowed to, you weren't allowed to wear um, gymnastic grips for the lunges. Okay. So like, little tips like that if you're holding two dumbbells for a lot of reps or lunges if you wear your gymnastic grips they act as like a hook so it just relieves your grip a little bit better but he spotted that and said like you can't wear gymnastic grips which is those little things where i probably wouldn't have noticed if it was just me because i'm thinking about how i'm going to perform this workout what i'm going to do what's my strategy um so it's great having someone like that um and he, he helps massively so yeah i think any athlete who does the open does quarterfinals knows it's a team effort. It's not just you who's putting in the work. There's a lot of people around you that, that help you achieve what you achieve. And, and the name of the gym is B fitter. Uh, it's called, well, it's called um, CrossFit BFG. So B- it stands for big friendly giant. Oh yes. Like the movie, like the book. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it, <clears throat> man, that's one of those movies that might even be better than the book. There's actually two versions. Have you seen both versions of BFG? Uh, I've not seen the new one, no. Oh, it's so good. It's crazy. It, mm. it, it's a technological miracle. My kids watch it. I, I actually, the first time I saw that, Greg Glassman actually pulled me aside and said, hey, you got to watch this movie. And we watched it together. And I was like, holy cow, you're right. It, it's a technological miracle. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to give it a watch. Yeah, it's nuts. So you, it, and the reason why I ask, and, and you, do you have a modeling career, an active modeling career? <laughs> uh, no, I've, 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 I do a lot of shoots for sponsors. Um so like my protein or G-Shock, um, things like that. But yeah, I've never been in like a like a fashion model or anything like that. Are you still um, a sponsored by G-Shock? Yeah. What a crazy brand. I mean, that is like, that's such an amazing brand. Yeah, it's, it's um, I don't know if I've got any pictures of when I was a kid. Yeah, picture you brought up when I was uh, wearing the snapback and the poolside. I think I was wearing a G-Shock then. Yeah. It's, I've, I've, and how, how long have they been a sponsor? uh two years now i think yeah the congratulations here's where i was going with that i want you appear to have a lot of um uh and don't i want to come back and circle around to um harmeet too he's a, yeah he's a he's a trippy cat i got some questions about this guy how, how do you meet a, how does anyone get a harmeet in their life um <laughs> uh you you have it looks like you have really good sponsors. It looks like you have a very good family. It looks like you have an amazing girlfriend. It looks like you have a successful, fun gym. Um, you're extremely good looking. I does the, I wonder if this mitigates. You have a good life, right? 
And like some people yeah. might be like, well, inside I'm really hurting or, but, but you're not like, we're really seeing Zach George is like, you're enjoying your time on planet earth. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm, I'm very much kind of open. Uh, I say I feel, um, yeah, you're crazy open. You're crazy yeah. open. Other people think that they're open. You're crazy open. Yeah. I hope, I hope that's a good thing, but yeah, it's like, it's an amazing thing. It sets you free. Yeah. I think that's you glide I'm, because of it. <laughs> I think that's why a lot of people have, have really enjoyed my story and enjoyed supporting me over the years because I am, I am what you see. So I'm exactly the same um, to anyone. You, you could be a celeb to, you could be someone I've met for the first time. I'm just exactly the same to anyone I speak to. Um, so I think that really came out in 2018. So it, at the regionals, I basically went to the regionals just wanting to have an awesome time and it was a bad strategy as an athlete wanting to place well uh-huh. but I, I would <laughs> change it for the world because I just had the, the best time with all my family and my friends um that's when I, I did the floss on this on the floor uh-huh. um, you know the floss dance so I just did that after every um every event and that just went viral and people just caught on it and, and loved it um I remember there's a very like famous story do you know Will Kane? He's a good British athlete. I don't. Is he a CrossFitter or some other discipline? He's a CrossFitter, yeah. He's, he's been okay. to regionals probably six, seven times. Okay. Um, so this is my first year at regionals. I was next to Lane of Will Kane. He's been regionals probably four times before. And it was the, um, I don't remember the workout, the ring muscle up, handstand ramp and pistol workout. It was the first year they brought in the handstand ramp. Okay. And so the, the workout was oh, 12, yes. yeah, 12 ring muscle ups. You did the handstand ramp, up the ramp, down the stairs. Then you had another ramp. You went up the stairs, down the ramp. And then you, there he is. And then you did uh, X amount of pistols. And then you did the handstand ramp back. And then you did the ring ring muscle-ups. It was three yeah. rounds. So I initially thought the workout was rings, handstand ramp, do your pistols, and then run back to the rings. So you didn't do the handstand walks on the way back. Yeah. And I couldn't even do a handstand ramp anyway. So the workout was bad for me at the start. And I remember standing next to Will. And again, I'm super laid back. I'm like, hey, Will, um, are you going to run back? Or are you going to walk back from the pistols? And he was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, do you know when you've done your pistols? Are you going to run back or use it as a rest? And he's like, dude, you've got a handstand ramp back as well. <laughs> I'm like, this workout just instantly got twice as hard. And then they're like, three, two, one, go. And then the workout starts. So that just sums up my like regionals of just having a blast and yeah, just, just absolutely loving it. Um, you met, you met Dave, you have, you have a lot of good photos with a lot of cool people in there. You met Dave Castro. How was that? Yeah, that was awesome. That was at a uh, event at wit uh, a couple of years ago. That was, that was super cool. Um, yeah. I had, I had a brief chat with him. Yeah. That, that was a, that was a really good experience to meet someone in that level of the sport. Did, did you get a good impression from him? Yeah. Nice? I, yeah, I, I spoke to him for maybe 30 seconds. Um, it, we did a workout. I think it was 20. He didn't do one of these. You went to shake his hand and he went like this. He didn't do that to you? <laughs> no, luckily not. I think I'd just finished the workout, so I was feeling pretty pumped. So, um, yeah, it was 21.59 Dumbo snaps burpees over dumbbell. It's when they did like the 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 pre-workout before the Open, I think it was. Um, and then he was like, oh, well done, dude. You, you crushed that. Um, it was a very brief chat. And, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Um, have you ever met Noah? Yeah, Noah. I met Noah a couple of times. Yeah, really cool dude. Really like Noah. Yeah, have you trained with him? No, no, oh. never, never got to train with him. I'd love to. 
But um, we've spoken on social media a few times. Um, but yeah, he's someone I've looked up to as an athlete for for many years, and he's someone I watched at the games before before I got into it. So yeah, it's, it's cool to be able to to compete alongside those those dudes. Because you're kind of cut from the same cloth as him. He's got a lot of the same vibe you got. He's he's easy as shit to hang with. He's yeah, he's really cool. He's really positive. cool. Yeah, just super chilled out. It would be great to to compete with him because. The, his movement speed would just be literally triple mine. It's just be, it'd be like, oh wow, hard to keep yeah, up. Yeah, there was something you said that made me um, that made uh, something you said that reminded me of Noah. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you uh, do you ever plan on coming to the states to do any training? Or no? Yeah, I'd love to. It's obviously yeah. not been able to travel for the last kind of couple of years, but <laughs> it's definitely something that I wanted to do, and I, I would love to. There's there's a, a a couple of um, American dudes that I, I speak to on on social media that I'd love to just go out for a couple of weeks and just just hang with them and see how they train and just kind of get out your sort of your normal training training bubble would be awesome. Yeah, I think that whole um, uh, training think tank group. Yeah, there's some there's just some great guys in there. Yeah, I think that's where I'm I'm very different as well because I program for myself. Ah, I'm not part of like. Uh, a training program or so at things like quarterfinals you really feel it because you've got no one to bounce workout scores of you have no idea I literally have no idea what anyone else is doing because I just do it for myself um so you definitely feel that sometimes when you're doing the like these sort of um like qualification rounds is that you've got you've got no one really to bounce no really good scores to bounce off to see if you've got a good time or not I, I heard you. I heard you talking about that. So obviously, we know some of the people who've programmed for themselves in the past. We know Rich Froning programmed for himself. We know Matt Fraser programmed for himself. Um, is that is that why? Well, let me say one more thing. And then I heard you say in an interview that like it's really important. One of the things that's really important about you programming for yourself is you being honest with yourself and talking to yourself. And one of the things you talked about is, is that you know you can clean. Um, you cannot do cleans for a while and clean three hundred pounds. No problem. Like. It, yeah. it, it, it doesn't go away. But if you don't train your muscle ups on the regular at the regiment that you know you need to, those will go away. Yeah. Um, but, but what other reasons are there? Why don't you get a coach? Do you feel and, and do you ever feel like you're being dishonest with yourself? No, because I've, I've got such a good, strong team around me. Um, it's not like I don't listen to anyone. I've got people um, like my training partner. He works for, he used to work for British weightlifting, now works for British athletics. So he's got a very good understanding of of training and adaptation and what you need to do, strength and conditioning, things like that. And I've got probably three or four people around me like that who are um, very good in their field. Like my swimming, I've got a swimming coach. Um, so I, I have coaching areas of CrossFit that I know nothing about, um, which do help. Um, but I just really love programming. I, I, I love I love fitness gymnastics. That's what I love doing pretty much all the time. And like you said, lifting for me is, is not, never really a priority. For me, it's more about getting as mobile as I can and making my technique as good as possible. Because like I said, if, if I don't lift for two months, I know I'll always be able to power clean 160 no matter what. I've just got that natural strength. Whereas if I don't do strict handstand press-ups for a month, my my max will probably drop down to 15, 20. So um, I'm, I've got a very good understanding of my body, but then I've got a very good team around me that I listen to for different areas as well. So yeah, again, it's, it's a big team effort. It's not just like I've got my blinkers on. I only listen to what I program. It's kind of like Miko also, you know, he would, um, and, and I saw you, you met Miko Salo also when we went out and visited him in Finland. Um, the only place he could have a rower was in the closet. 
And he punished himself there. He would go into that closet full of all, you know, filled to the gills with a- old antiques. And he would close the door and row in there, you know, for an hour like, on say, the reg. Amico said that always sticks into my head. Um, it was something about you should you never lie on your back after, like an animal only lies on its back when it's dead or something. Yeah. Can you imagine saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that when I went and filmed him out in Cook or not Cookville, when I went and filmed him out in um uh in uh, Finland, what was the name of his town? Ushi, Sushi, whatever. Uh yeah, he said that. He told us I never lie down. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's bullshit. The best part for me working out is lying down and watching my breath. But okay. That's uh, why you go to the games and I don't. That's always that's always a phrase that sticks in my mind. But they're the they're the videos that I just got hooked on when I got into CrossFit. So I found CrossFit in 2013. Um, so I massively binge watched like 2012, 11, 10, 9, all those CrossFit games era. Um, so you've got your Clippers, obviously Dan Bailey, Bridges, like thrown in, um, Mika Salo, and just all the old school, like Graham Holmberg. Holmberg, and, he was a savage. Yeah, yeah. So it just, I kind of grew up, that's like my early years of CrossFit, and that's what I grew up watching. And it's amazing now you've got young kids who are at the box and I train with regularly, and they don't know about that that sort of years of CrossFit because you're now getting the new generation coming through and uh, yeah, it make, makes you feel old in the sport when you, when you, when you say those names and some of the young kids don't know, don't know who they are. I, I remember Kerry Peterson and I walked into Graham Holmberg's gym one time and he's like, Oh, and we're like, Hey Graham, can we film you make a video? And he goes, yeah, what do you want me to do? And I can't remember if it was myself or Kerry, we go double Fran. Oh. And it was kind of like hard to even say that to someone. Right especially back then. It was like yeah, hard brutal. to say. It's like almost like you hate them, right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, okay. And he set up the bar and just demolished it. Really? And we were like, I was like, oh my God, this guy is out of control. And and every time we went out there, he would do something crazy like that for us for video. Yeah. And he was, he was so cool. All those guys would. Yeah. All those guys back in the day, Miko would do crazy shit. Rich would do all sorts of crazy shit for us. And um, he would do it with the, the with his team too. Elijah Muhammad would be there and he'd be doing crazy shit with yeah, Rich. I remember, yeah, I remember the videos of, of them in that. I can't remember what gym it was, but Easy. Tennessee would, Tech. Yeah, Tennessee yeah, Tech. Easy was just coming up. Um, and the, like the difference from then to like now is just crazy. Yeah. That was I, getting into it, wasn't it? It, it was nuts. It was, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a crazy time. And it was, I, I think most, well, yeah, it was a crazy time. I wonder if, mo- and even, even when we would visit Rob Orlando, he would do, I, all the guys back oh, then would do crazy. Was, Strong. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, He's crazy. And mad stuff. Um do you do you have a uh an, is, is there an exit strategy? Is there a plan for for like or do you have plans now to have kids at some point? Do you have plans to um train athletes to go to the games? Do you like what is your what do you have plans to help I mean what, what's also I love about your Instagram is especially early on, there's tons of weight loss stories. You can tell yeah. that you really care about people and there's tons, it's just full of transformational stories. What is the plan um post CrossFit? Or do you just stay in it forever? Do you just pull, you know, start doing masters when you're 35? Yeah, so I want to, like, at the minute, I'm making a lot of sacrifices to get to the games. Um, and over the next couple of years, I still want to compete and I still want to compete to a high level, but I won't necessarily make the sacrifice that I'm now to do that. I'll probably, like, having kids now would be would be tough, a tough stage while still trying to get to the games. Whereas over the next couple of years, I want to I wanna definitely have kids. So maybe having a couple of months of sleepless nights, I'm not going to be as annoyed about it 
because I know that's part of the process. Whereas if that happens now, I know I'll be thinking, right, I'm not getting my recovery. This is going to affect my training. I'll be having these sort of mental thoughts. So, yeah, I want to kind of a real big year this year, real big year next year, um, and then start to to have a family and, and start to, to raise some kids. Um, I think I always loved the business side, um, not just in fitness and anything. So I want to get into property a lot more. Um, that's something I really want to kind of delve into and yeah just do as much work for sponsors as I can um, and I think do a few more competitions that are going to be more fun so maybe do some more like team stuff just stuff that you can do with your box and just get a couple of guys from the gym say hey this, this competition that's cool in in Spain should we go have a holiday and do this competition I think I don't really want to do that now because I know that's gonna that's gonna upset my training leading up right. to the games and leading to semi so you don't really want to do that stuff now but I think it'd be really cool in a couple of years to be able to do those things and not worry about it. it's going to have a detriment effect to to my training season so I think yeah just be a bit more light-hearted with it all and be a bit more flexible and do a few other things that I probably I'm saying no to right now um do you have any stress around or any thoughts on what's going on with civilization as a whole I don't know exactly what it's like in the UK but I'm guessing it's pretty fucked up because you're a Western country like we are the, the, the we're going through like a whole revamping of um, civilization here in the United States. It's like the, the dumbest people ever are in charge right now. And so it's causing the smarter people, I think to wake up and be like, okay, shit, we'll go do some shit. And by me, by I mean, dumbest, I mean, dishonest and illogical. Like, like, re, like, like no one like we like we have women competing in men's sports in the united states and, and yeah. there there at least needs to be a civil discussion about it there needs to be like some ex like you can't just do it there has to yeah. be some like all the people who have daughters i just wonder like hey what are they thinking now you know what i mean like yeah it's, like, it's, it's, like there's a very small minority that's kind of like running away with 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 the direction civilization is going and it's like whoa 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 you need to chill out did you feel that and you and then you have the war over there kind of close to you too those people yeah. fighting in, in the Ukraine. Yeah, it's, it's all, it's is all there great. Any... I think it is, it's, you've got to, you've got to be aware of what's going on um, and you've got to know what's going on and have your, your thoughts, your understanding of what's happening. But then I also think you can't let it bog you down and it, you can't let it kind of rule your, your mental headspace. Mm. I think if you, if you can be a part of something and you know, you can make a change, then, then great, do it. Um, but if you're in a position where what you say or what you think is not going to have effect on anything, then try not to let it take too much headspace up. Just be aware of what's going on around you. Be aware of what, what people are going through around the world, but don't yeah. let it kind of get you down every single day because that's not going to change anything. That's not going to change the outcome of anything. I think as long as your your family your family's safe and you're bringing them up to how you think they should be, thinking if that makes sense yeah 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 you're making you're sounding very wise you're yeah, sounding very wise educate them and and you tell them what's going on you you, you tell them both sides of the story and, and you talk to them and you say what what do you think about this um then i think if you if you live like that then i think you're, you're doing pretty well i think there's a lot of people out there that get and it is obviously sad what's going on it's crazy what the stage the world's going in but just thinking about it every single day or being bogged down on the new watching the news every single day it's not going to be good for your mental health and that's going to spill over to your family's mental health and that's not going to be yeah. good um so i think you've, you've got to be aware of what's going on but then you've also got to live your life and you've got to yeah you've, you've, you've just got to you've got to keep your heads up yeah it's interesting uh, um 
if the state of affairs in the world are making it so you're hugging your kids or your family or your friends or you're loving on your family less than then you're fucking up yeah 100 percent okay stop stop paying like like you're not contributing to that mess over there at least the bare minimum is that you should be spreading love amongst your cohort that's kind of how i heard what you said yeah do do handle your handle your village yeah exactly get your family unit tight get them healthy get them mentally strong and then and then start worrying about what's going on and if you can make a change then great think about the ways you can make a change but just make sure your tight tight knit units kind of self safe healthy and uh yeah mentally strong as when you were a boy and you started losing weight do you remember the moment when you started liking your body more like you're like yeah. oh my god i'm gonna go to the pool today and take off my shirt yeah 100 i remember it very well i remember me and my mom went shopping for whole new wardrobe because all my clothes didn't fit anymore oh that's we, awesome yeah that was a very vivid moment um and I also remember there was, there was a stage of about a year at school where I went from being the overweight kid to now the sporty kid who ate very well and had the best body. And I really enjoyed that transition of people seeing me going from the overweight kid to now the healthy kid. And um, yeah, I, it, was, it was a really nice experience to go through. But yeah, the, the one moment that really sticks in my head is 100% uh, going shopping for new clothes because uh, all my old clothes were too uh, too big it's interesting i there's this there's this belief that you shouldn't like people for superficial reasons and like but uh i i I couldn't i couldn't disagree more with that i think that there's it's not the only reason why you should like people but why would if you're married to the wisest smartest kindest man in the world but he's uh 150 pounds overweight and smokes cigarettes fuck that like fuck that like like um he's he's gonna when he dies at 50 when you wheel him around and have to wipe his ass from when he's 55 to 65 he's gonna make you miserable and he obviously doesn't care about you enough to take care of himself to be a good example for you and i think that you it, you were pro- it sounds like you were rewarded by the love and adoration of your peers as you lost weight and became more physically capable around them. You became more attractive to them. You probably became more confident. Were you always nice? Did you ever go through an asshole stage? Did you ever get stuck up like, oh, look at me now? No, definitely no. no. That's that's not not who I am. I've always been kind of well grounded and yeah, never really changed. St- and, and would you reach out to the kid? Would you try to help the other kids who you saw were going through what you were what you went through? Yeah, I'd always be the one who kind of stick up for people. If if I see someone picking on someone, then I'd always be the one that kind of stand up and say, "Look, stop doing that." Um, yeah. Like if that, you saw me picking on some fat kid, you'd be like, "Hey, nose, pipe down over there." <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Say, "Come on, let's leave it out now." Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely what helped me get into personal training because me being going through that journey of weight loss and knowing how it feels to be overweight kid and not enjoying your body to how it feels when you've lost the weight is a great feeling. So I think that's what led me going into personal training because I wanted to, I wanted to help as many people as I could and get, give as many people that experience that I've had. You know, most men go into personal training to meet women. I'm convinced Uh, 99.999%. They just have that stigma. hundred percent. I mean, I think, I mean, that's why Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook. He's it's, it's not even like a joke. Like that's why. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, what's the film social network. Yeah, to because to, to hopefully get laid. Um, do you remember the first girls liking you? As as you changed, do you remember like getting attention from girls and being like, "What is is that girl okay? <laughs> 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 Has she not seen me?" 
are you feeling all right? Yeah. Uh, no, I can't really. I can't remember the exact time it would have been. No. Um, but yeah, no, not really. Um, are you, um, be, being that you were a chunky kid, are you, if girls hit on you, are you oblivious to it? Or are you very sensitive to it? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think, I kind of just kind of, I am how I am with everyone. So that might be betrayed of, you might be flirting with someone or I, I don't know, but you can always tell if someone's kind of interesting you when when you're going into school you always you obviously people talk you know if a girl likes you or not and I think as you get older you just you sit down with people and, and that becomes less of a thing doesn't it but yeah when you're at school, I don't I, does it I don't know like you hang out in an environment that's like I mean it, it's just it's just beautiful people running around in pheromones and just shit I mean the even the ugly people in the gym are attractive I mean to the outside <laughs> world I ask because um, when you have when you have kind of low self esteem, low self esteem isn't the it, it, that's not the exact word. It's more specific than that. But when you don't find yourself attractive, you can't even fathom other people finding you attractive. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're just kind of like, why would anyone want to put their hands on this body? There definitely would have been a shift or a difference of how how women would have see- seen me. Definitely, but yeah. I can't remember it as and man and man and man. And yeah, and man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you get hit on by a lot of men? Uh, I get I, the, the weirdest thing I get on social media is for armpit pictures. Oh, yeah. Wow. I wonder no, if that means I'm gay. I'm into armpits too, not dudes' armpits, but I'm always fascinated by the girls' arm. This whole section on on crossfitting women's bodies crazy because I'm just not used to seeing the lats. You know what I mean? And just all that, yeah, yeah. even after 15 years of being in it. Wow. So dudes like looking at your armpits. Yeah, re- really strange. Yeah, that's, I'm not that's, into dudes' armpits. Yeah, that's, that might be good. Strange, interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think that that's a testament to how good looking you are. If you're just like sort of good looking, um, just girls like you. If you're like really good looking, then dudes yeah. like you. You you kind of transcend the whole. You transcend it all. Yeah. Um. When when did your gym get closed, and how did you deal with that? Can yes. you kind of walk me through the whole the COVID? Um, shit yeah our gym was closed for oh i can't remember we had so many in and outs of lockdowns um probably close for probably best part of a year and then um how did you survive that so we were really fortunate in the uk we got um grants from the government so they gave us grants if you're in hospitality or retail you got grants which kind of covered all your rent um and you got business rates relief which is really helpful as well so i think if we didn't have any of that support it would have been like so many gyms when other businesses would have closed down. So you guys did the same thing we did. You just printed, your government printed shitloads of money. Yeah, massively. Okay. Yeah. And then we did online Zoom classes. So I don't actually coach, but we've got um, two coaches, two, three coaches and Harmi. Um, and we did Zoom classes for people as well. So we had a good core of people who, who stayed with us and paid for the memberships all the way through. And that massively helped as well. And then we just put Zoom classes on for the members to do whilst they're at home. Um, do you have to pay that money back that you got from your government? No, no. Just, we'll, we'll be paying it back in taxes at some point, yeah. But for sure, not, right? Not directly the grants back, no. Yeah, that's amazing. And, yeah. and was it frustrating for you? Like, like, did you ever get angry, or did were you chill yeah, for that not, too? Not just more, yeah, just more frustration of that. We we went into lockdown for a long period of time, then we came out, and then we closed again, and we probably did that. I think 
two or three times maybe, um, closing the gym, opening up again. Um, but it was a frustrating time for everyone. Um, everyone was feeling the same. It was a very rare occasion where the whole world was going through the same thing. Um, so we just had to kind of pull together and get through it all together. Um, in the US, a lot of people pushed back. But when I see what's going on in like Australia or the UK or Canada, I, I feel like I – and I have no – truth to this except the media i feel like less people push back like there's more of a um acceptance from big brother do you think that that's true that the uk was more accepting of, of the rules um yeah i think i think in the uk yeah we, we kind of we followed them definitely to, to start with um i think everyone did because it was just like it was all like oh my god what's going on but then i think as the 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 months went on, then it was a year, year and a half. People, you definitely saw more people. This guy doesn't uh, think I'm telling the truth. He says, no, not true. Good. That makes me happy. I'm glad I'm wrong. I think you definitely saw more people who were like, no, we're not listening to this anymore because it's been a year and a half now and we're still in the same position. So I think at the start, everyone was like, yep, yeah, okay, let, let's, we need to do this. But then as you went through the time, I think definitely people were sort of kind of saying, hey, no, like, I don't think we're going to take that advice. Um, so yeah, you, you definitely saw it as as the time went on. We we would have we you know we have police officers and people who were stepping up who would who would make videos and be like, hey, I'm not arresting anyone for this this and this. Fuck oh, you! Really? It's against yeah, it's against our constitution. Did you have like no? What, what are your police? They're called bobbies. Did you have any like people like start doing that? Uh, would no, be like, not, not no. To my life. no, definitely no. Never. That's the first I've heard of that. Yeah. Okay. See. See. Look at. So it is true. See. See, now what? He's saying no, not true. Uh, yeah, he's he's saying he lives in London and a lot of people were pushing back. Yeah. I, I don't think you have to be anti-vaccine to not want the injection, by the way. I think that's that that's propaganda. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there was a lot of anti-vaccine um, marches in London, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't I, I think you can not I think I can I, I, I can not want to be raped and not be anti-sex. I love sex, but I just don't want to be uh, held down in and in, in dry humped. I would prefer to be dry humped people, than raped. A lot of people had that standpoint. I think they, they, they weren't specifically anti-vaxxers. They just yeah. enough research for them to want this vaccine. And I think yeah. that got blurred lines between being an anti-vaxxer and then just not wanting this specific one. Yeah. And. It was extremely frustrating to hear Boris Johnson tell the people of your country and the world that they're better. It's too hard to lose weight and exercise, and they're better off getting the shot. You, did you yeah. hear him say that? Yeah. Um, he should be taken out to, uh, I don't know, Trafalgar Square and put in one of those things with the wood where they put your head and your hands through and let people throw tomatoes at him. You cannot tell. You cannot tell people not to work out. This is. Yeah, when it, when it had communication, this is fucking effect. nuts. Yeah, this is this is absolutely. I mean, we come up from a. Uh, there was a time, you know, not even that long ago, where people were working out all day, every day. By that, I mean getting food, water. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know just basic survival big, skills. Big importance to life and, and people's health and mental health. Yeah, yeah, huge, crazy, right? Yeah, crazy mental. Um, you don't have any tattoos. No tattoos, no. I've always yeah. Me neither. What's wrong with us? I just I'm just scared. I I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy it in years to come, and I'd want to get rid of it. You know what I'm thinking about doing is is if my kids do anything stupid, like get like like a big old piercing in their ear or one in their nose, or they get, I'm gonna do something crazy too. Like 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 um, if my kids 
I'm going to get, no, I'm going to get like thug life tattooed on my stomach and a fucking teardrop. <laughs> if they do something stupid, I'll match your shit. Okay. I'm going to get a fucking dick tattooed on my forehead because no <laughs> one wants their parents doing dumb shit. Right. Uh, yeah. So if they like, if my kid comes home and he's like, does something dumb then I'm gonna be like, okay, I'm going to match you. You were going to put yeah. one of those big old earrings gauges. In, okay. Me too. I'll pierce my fucking tongue and tie a chain from it to the tip of my penis. You know what I mean? I think that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, so no. Do you think maybe you would get one when you were 70? I was thinking when I was 70. No. No, not for me. I think it'd have to be extremely meaningful for me to get a tattoo. That's not going to outdate or I'm not going to go off it. Um, what about um those fake tattoos? Just like, do you ever do those like on Halloween? Like, like I used to do uh, them as a kid. Yeah, with like fancy dresses, have fake tattoos everywhere. I um I get the uh when Conor McGregor fights, you can go online. It's a little expensive, but for forty bucks, you can buy the whole Conor McGregor kit, and I put it on my boy. <laughs> or like I um last week, I did on my on my old seven year old. I did the whole Tupac kit on him, like, and, and it stays for like a week. And really? then I take him to the beach, and he's got Thug Life and all the Tupac tattoos that's and guns. Cool. That's definitely something I would have done as a kid. Definitely. Oh, dude, it's so you would look great with the Tupac kit. You should look it up. <laughs> you would look amazing. We'll do that for the next one. Um, do you still have the PlayStation Two? Nah, that's long gone now. I'm afraid oh. one PS Five now, isn't it? So I don't have a PlayStation anymore. But yeah, that, yeah. That, who has time for that? Do you play video games? No, I've not played them since I was 17, 16, 17. It's just something I kind of, yeah, just grew out of, I think. Yeah, I don't do video games either. UFC fighters do video games. Yeah, the people just watch people play video games on YouTube. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy. You know who I'm going to have on? Do you know who Nick Palladino is? No. He used to he used to train with uh, um, Matt Fraser. He was that teen that had like a 300-pound snatch. Oh, the super strong guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and now I think he's become a Twitch star. Do you know what Twitch really? is? It's so yeah, people yeah. watch people play video games. Yeah. So he's coming on the show. I can't wait to see um, how you go from being a CrossFitter to a Twitch star. Yeah. That'd be very interesting. You have an agent. People can't contact you directly. They have to go through uh, Jamie. Yeah. James. James. Yeah. Super, super close to James. Uh, he's been managed for maybe two years now. Um, and it's amazing to have someone in your corner that you trust so wholly and you can trust with him to handle all your affairs and yeah it's, it's great and um yeah super close to me he's like a big brother did you find him or did uh, he, no, find he, approached, you? he approached me after strength and depth in 2019 and uh yeah got on well ever since does he have any other clients crossfitting clients yeah yeah yes yes loads um uh, so that's uh, that's his thing does he have any non-crossfitting clients uh, yeah, he has some musicians as well. Um, so he has like a, a broad, broad um, range of, of people on his roster, which is which is nice. Not just like in the CrossFit space. Yeah, you need that so you can get into like free concerts and shit. You want an agent who has like a NASCAR guy, F one yeah, guy, yeah. CrossFitter. So he's like, oh, do you want to come to the to the uh, Guns and Roses concert? Come on. Yeah. So I'm just gonna quickly get my uh, charger because my battery's running low. I know you're going to pee. It's okay. You're allowed to pee on this show. Go ahead, pee. I'm getting my charger. One sec. Go. Oh, yes, yes. Get it. Um, what, you guys stop with the bats. We we don't do bats. There is no there. Andrew Hiller is not here. He's not allowed to watch the show anymore. I texted him last night and said you're not allowed to watch my show, and I uh, had you to block his IP. Do not stop with the bats. When do bats? He said he had three magic. Did he? I was already looking at the next question. I wasn't giving it my no no musicians. I heard musicians. Musicians. I heard mu- musicians. Sevan needs three teardrop tattoos. 
I, I, I almost can't even handle my beard anymore, let alone a, a tattoo. We're back. You had you had asthma as a kid and allergies. Yeah, I'm allergic to so many things. That shit's not gone. No, uh, I have like like training induced asthma now. Not yeah, not massively. Do you um, wheeze like like you train and then you'll you'll wee- you'll hear a little whistle when you breathe? <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. If if I'm around like like I'm really allergic to like dogs, cats. Um, horses. So if I'm around any sort of dog for quite a while, then I go to train. I get like big asthmatic symptoms. Um, Learned to all different types of nuts, penicillin, um, hay fever, prawns, shellfish, just loads of stuff. Wow. Yeah, um, list go- list goes on. What? Um, what? What is, is anyone? Is your mom Jewish? Jewish? No. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why? I just heard you say no shellfish. When I think of no shellfish, oh. I just think of Jews. I don't think Jews are allowed to eat shellfish. Or they're not allowed to eat shit that if if it walk, they got like something like they're not allowed to eat shit that walks on the bottom of the ocean. I think oh, my really? wife's Jewish. Yeah, you didn't know that. No. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, learn something new every day. You maybe you are Jewish and you don't know it. That's their way. Maybe maybe you are. <laughs> yeah. Um. I want to talk about the Tony Robbins seminar really quick one more time. What, you yeah. went to the Tony Robbins seminar, and they talk about nutrition there? Yeah, it was all sorts. So there was, like, different sections. So one was, like, motivation. One was, like, um, just general, like, mental health and just general health. Another one was nutrition. Um, and I think it was called em- something empowering the soul within or something like that. And it ended – the whole weekend ended on walking on um, – during you walk on like hot coals. So the whole weekend was building up to that event at the end. And that was like the big finale that everyone did. Um, and I just remember, yeah, it was such a, such a life changing experience. And we were there for three days. I think it was at the Exxon arena in Birmingham. And there were long days or like nine to five every day. And there was hundreds and hundreds of people there. And it was such a empowering weekend. And um, yeah, it was sort of really kickstart us our, kind of our family family health kick and we got home chucked away all the junk food uh, wow. yeah ate a lot of less junk food then but i was still having like crisps and chocolates in the week and yeah we all just went on a massive health kick um and it was yeah it was a great experience and i wonder if your parents did that if that was a component of helping you specifically I think it was it was for everyone. That wasn't specifically okay. just for me. It was my dad knew he wanted to go on it because it'd be good for him. It'd yeah. be great for my sister, great for me, great for my mum. And um, yes, it wasn't just me who benefited from that weekend. The whole family came away with a new perspective on life and and wanting more from from each other. Um, yeah, and it, was, it was such a great experience. And then you can, my sister went on to do several other courses. I think she went to America and did like a more intense uh, week with him. And I think it was about only about 10 other people. Um, so yeah, it was a uh, yeah, massive life-changing experience. Did you ever smoke weed? <laughs> no, I've never, never smoked ever. No, did you, you never smoke tobacco nicotine either? No. Did, did you ever chew? Nope. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, when you see yeah. people chew, horrible. I was thinking about smoking weed the other day. I drove by a dispensary <laughs> and I thought it, it said, um, it was like, it's by my house. It says artist coalition, artist, cannabis artist coalition or something. And then I right. was like, huh, I wonder if I could go in there if I was just an artist, but I didn't smoke cannabis. Like, can, like, or do you have to do both? 
And then I started thinking, I don't, the, the coolest people, I don't know anyone who makes it in the top 10 coolest people I know who's addicted to alcohol or marijuana. Like, I don't know any, like, I know a lot of people smoke marijuana, like a lot of people. And I don't mean this as like a dig at them. Yeah. But the coolest people I know are straight. Yeah. I mean, maybe they used to smoke. But like, I don't know anyone who smokes 10 times a day who I'm like, man, I, I really like that dude. I wish I was like him. Yeah. And that, that's, that's never something that's been in my circle of, of friends or family, really. Um, so it's not really something I've come across or it's ever been in my sort of path of of being friends with a lot of people who smell that sort of stuff. So, yeah. I, could, I find been, addiction unattractive. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I don't find very many things unattractive. I don't even find obesity unattractive, which is kind of weird. Wow. But 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 I get I guess I find the addiction to food is unattra- unattractive. Yeah, I think it, it depends on the level of addiction. I think everyone's slightly addicted to certain things. It's just For sure. How intense that addiction is. For sure. Um but yeah. Um do you ever do the do you ever get up in, in at night it's 10 or, or you go you come home, you're done working out and you're like nope. It's 10 o'clock. Like you think you're going to bed and you're like, nope, I'm going back to the gym and I'm going to run uh, five miles uh, on. No, nope. I just literally, I, I have my training times. Um, I have my crew that I train with. And then as soon as I'm at the gym at home, I try and kind of get away from, from that sort of gym environment because that's what you're with. Um, that's what you do in the majority of the day. I think, now in this especially this time of the season when i'm getting home i'm making sure i'm, I'm using my hypervolt and things like that to, to speed up my recovery um but i never really have the urge to kind of to go back to the gym and and do more because that would be detrimental as well to to your training as well yeah you, you have your your structured training plan for that day you, you do it you take it off and then anything extra you're kind of just hindering what you're gonna do the next day um, so yeah, just get home, just try to relax, watch the TV and just, yeah, make sure recovery is as best as possible. Uh, I agree. Coffee is addictive. It's, it's one of the, it's one of the most frustrating things. If I don't drink coffee, I have a headache. So every, every time I try to quick coffee, yeah. I have to like, um, cause I try wean to wean myself coffee. off. Yeah. I have to wean myself. Yeah, I have yeah. to go down to one cup, then half a cup, then a quarter cup. And then I still, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, and it's, it's unattractive. Uh, but yeah. yes, but paper street coffee. Yes. Paper street coffee. Of course. That's the coffee <laughs> I drink. Uh, Zach, I really appreciate um, you coming on and let me uh, play around in, in in your brain, letting us ask you questions. It's, yeah, it's been awesome. It's, it's amazing how quick hour and a half goes. Yeah, that's what I tell my wife. She goes, "That was only two minutes." I go, "No, nah, that was an hour and a half." That's an hour and a half. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm not interviewing her. It's something else we do. But she always claims it's only two minutes. I'm like, "No, no, no, that was an hour and a half." Um. Tell your your team thank you. Um, if you don't follow Zach George, you should. It's a very uplifting uh, account. He's extremely positive, man, and, and you're such a good role model. Um, thanks for um, being you, and thanks for sharing your wisdom on the show today. Thank you, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and maybe we'll talk soon. Maybe yeah, maybe we'll talk again soon. Do you like? Yeah. Do you like to come on? Yeah, love it. Okay, should get I'm the always, crew on. Yeah, I'm always looking for new people like to discuss things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, man. Yeah, I'll be in up. touch. I'll stay in touch. Okay. All right, brother. All right. See ya.